0: Come on. Uh, very good morning, everybody. It's Oliver Callan here and you're welcome once again to the show. It is a Wednesday now, the 26th of July for Hichet and you, you can chat to us as ever. The text is 51551 and from the North Tex Studio then your message to 80889. Yes, indeed, you're. the news there. Good luck to the girls in green. It's the big match. It's the must win. Uh, it's in Australia. Uh, about 12 degrees over there at the moment. It's going to be 8 o'clock Australian time at the kickoff, which is 1pm for us and There's going to be lots of rains. It's going to feel very similar to home. Hopefully that helps things. Um, I was reading about Canada this morning. They are the current Olympic champions, uh, the women's team over there. And it's a massive sport in Canada. So we're really up against it this morning or this afternoon. Um, Half of all young girls in Canada play soccer, which is massive in a country where ice hockey is the number one sport. And the women's team, the Canadian national team, um, have more mainstream popular support ...than the men's national team, which I think is is quite fascinating. And uh, we were listening to uh, Beverly Priestman the other day. She is the um, former English professional football manager who is now the current head coach of the Canada women's national team because you have to be made of fine stuff to become the head of the team over there. And um, this is what she's been saying about the Irish team. Let's have a little gander over this. First and foremost match that passion hard work horrible team to play against and and that's what we pride ourselves on so we 1 million percent have to match that first and 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 they know that about canada too i think it's a probably a two-way street but um yeah i think ultimately we've got to stay with the process and what we think it's going to take to to beat this irish team and and stay clear headed because i think you know there's there's parts of the Irish team where, if you're not careful, you can get drawn into that, and it can take you down a route that's going to take us off task. I think we've got the experience in in the team to to ride that and and bring out our quality when it matters. Yeah, so there's good, good kind of respect there for the Irish team uh, from Beverly Priestman. So that is the the big battle we're facing today. Gulp, we all say, but look at. It's, uh, if it's 12 degrees and raining we hope for the best but we're against a mammoth team there. there no, d- no doubt about that, uh, the match today and then we'll be playing Nigeria next Monday. So it's all, come on you girls in green as they say. Now looking across to the newspapers today well actually I'm going to start with Coldplay which is across everywhere uh, at the moment and um, Dr Harold News which is a real joke Machine on the Twitter machine, which is uh, formerly the Twitter machine, now called, uh, it's still Twitter, let's face it. And um, Dr. Harold News tweeting Chris Martin says after the cost of their Dublin hotel is deducted, Coplay's earnings for the four nights in Croke Park will be 34 euro. (laughs) The the wry look, the the, the gallows humour when it comes to hotel prices in Dublin for for their four nights in Croker. Not quite Garth Brooks, but there you go. it, it's it's flying off the shelves and uh, they don't need any more marketing. Let's face it, Joe Biden's dog has been in the news a fair bit because um, you would have you would have heard about the. He's two German shepherds, basically, Joe Biden and his wife, uh, Dr. Jill. And they've been running into trouble quite a bit because they've been biting people in the White House, namely Secret Service personnel. Uh, so you had... Commander is in trouble now again. Joe, Do- Joe Biden's dog, Commander, bit Secret Service officers at least 10 times between last October and January. And one of the incidents required a trip to the hospital for the injured officers. These are records that had just been released by the US Department of Homeland Security. And there's a whole file... On, um, on Commander. And he, he they are rescue dogs. Um, this is the second dog that they've had in trouble for biting several incidents. Uh, because Mage, you might remember, the other German Shepherd was sent to live with friends in Delaware after some biting incidents of its own. Also biting various members of the White House staff. So it's all very... The, the bit of a, a uniformed officer—it's all very sad, and it's also a reminder of the dangers of these dogs, which are restricted breeds in Ireland. You can't—they can't go around without a lead and without a muzzle. Although you see them all the time. But anyway, here, here's what the White House um, press has been saying about Commander. As you all know, the White House complex can be unique and very stressful uh and that is something i'm sure you all can understand and uh, and uh, it is as i just said is it it is unique and it is stressful for all of us so you can imagine what it's like for a family pet and family pets more more broadly okay oh, excuse me and it's a, it goes to show if you can't even control a german shepherd in the exceptionally controlled environment of the White House what chance for the rest of us but um, it is a stressful place with lots of people running around and maybe a little bit difficult but they are rescue animals and they they need to be taken care of and taken care of yourself that's the story of Joe Biden's dog Uh, Brian Cranston is in the news because he delivered a fiery speech at the Joint Union Strike Rally these are the writers and screen actors um, strike rally which was in New York um, overnight And um, basically, the the writer's strike and the actor's strike is gearing up a notch, it's fair to say. It's getting more fiery. You have the Disney head on one side, Bob Iger, who's really upset people with his kind of dismissive attitude towards the joint strike. It's the first time that's happened since the 60s when Ronald Reagan was head of the Screen Actors Guild. Um, So, Bryan Cranston is an interesting character because... As we're told, he was a man who worked for 20 years before becoming a series regular, Breaking Bad, obviously his main thing, and he's a household name. 30 years before becoming a household name, he did regional theatre, voiceovers for commercials, anime dubbing in the meantime. He knows what it's like to be a working actor, and we should listen to him as he delivers a passionate speech for the industry from Times Square in New York overnight. We will not be having our jobs taken away and giving to robots! (laughs) have you take away our right to work and earn a decent living. And lastly, and most importantly, we will not allow you to take away our dignity. There we go. Listen to Brian Cranston. He knows what he's talking about. Um, a huge, huge star. There was other people there. Who else was at this rally? Steve Buscemi was talking, Wendell Pierce from The Wire, Christian Slater, and in the cra- and Brendan Fraser as well, and Jessica Chastain, Corey Stoll. So the, the, the star sightings are still going on. Tom Cruise was literally negotiating at one stage. You know, that well-known firebrand socialist Tom Cruise um, in, in fighting for the rights of actors and it's the jobbing actors in particular and he mentioned the robots because it's all about AI and they're just looking for this guarantee from the from the big studios that they're not going to replace actors with AI or they're going to pay and compensate and also These residuals, they they used to get paid, you see, every time a series was screened on television. But now it's gone into the grey area of streaming and you get paid once and that's it. So that's what the strike is all about. Now, the lesser spotted people are the stunt performers. And there's an amazing photograph around the place today of a stunt performer on fire because he knows how to do this thing safely. Mike Massa is the stunt performer... And he set himself on fire in order to show support for the strike and demonstrate as well the dangerous scenes and the dangerous things that these performers have to do during the production of uh, of film and small screen things. Uh, Mike Massa he spent 10 months doubling as Harrison Ford on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That's the one that's just out. And uh, he, he's been performing and just pointing out um, that the stunt people are, are being largely ignored because while they're with the unions, the uh, studio um, kind of group, umbrella group, is refusing to consider stunt people in the negotiations and uh, obviously generally refusing to negotiate productively with the unions, according to the unions. Around this as well, stories as well, Snoop Dogg has cancelled his 30th anniversary concerts They were due to happen at the Hollywood Bowl and he just decided and it, it's been produced by Dr Dre so Snoop and Dr Dre decided we shouldn't do this we should stand in solidarity with the writers and the actors and we shouldn't do it because it's the Hollywood Bowl and all that even though it's not, they're not strictly affected by it so fair plays to them uh, I suppose he's now just going to be busy doing um, ads for lighters isn't he with Martha Stewart that's what I've seen him do and Just Eat and all those strange things Now have you heard of Perpetual Stew? Of course you have forever soup. Sure, we all we're all at it all the time. Well, it's from the Middle Ages, basically. Perpetual stews. Um, it's it's literally what it says. Uh, it's uh, pubs and inns in the Middle Ages. They had a big cauldron of stew that was boiling all the time and just f- forever on and being filled with various ingredients, whatever was nearby. The hearty soup for weary travellers and guests that were wandering day or night and go, ah and sit in the corner and come up with mysteries and, uh, you know, have in- rings that make you invisible and you know, that you go to Middle Earth to discover. Do You know yourself, the, the real Middle Ages. And uh, so perpetual soup, there's a young woman in uh, Brooklyn, in New York, 23-year-old, Annie Rewirda, and she has been cooking, she has a perpetual soup on the go for 46 days. She thought, this is a good thing I'm going to do, I'm going to throw in all my ingredients in basically what is, um, well, she's calling it a, a kind of a cauldron, but it's a slow cooker, essentially. She's firing in all the ingredients, so she started out just doing it for herself, potatoes, leeks, salt and pepper, your stocks and things. She's um, she's a vegan. She doesn't put meat in it or anything. Uh, and then she decided, you know, I, I actually should go to a market and do this in public on a Sunday and uh, round up and ask people, do you want to have some some of our undying stew? Do you want to add some ingredients to yourself? So she's done this for 46 days in a row. And it's become a sensation on TikTok and on the uh, TV news over there. So she's kept a diary. Basically, she's kind of done things like um, adding ingredients which turned out to be disaster in... In one case, she put a lot of dill in and the whole thing just tastes of dill for days on end. But eventually the broth kind of changes itself because she adds more things in, in and out as the days go on. She's put in pasta in it. No meat or dairy, so everyone can enjoy it no matter what their dietary restrictions. That's her theory. So well, let's have a listen. She's been keeping a it diary, and it's been fascinating to hear how this tiny idea of someone in Brooklyn, it's the most New York thing ever, let's face it, isn't it? The perpetual stew in New York City, how, how it has been going. On Tuesday, or as I call it, Stew's Day, I served 33-day-old stew in a public park, and there were lines on the block. We're talking uh, hordes of people. We're talking camera crews, news stories. And like I know, I made this whole endeavor kind of public with the TikToks and with the website and with the daily stew log, but still, I really never expected this sort of crowd, and this sort of excitement. By the end, I had to give out shot glass-sized portions of stew, but no one seemed to mind. Everyone was having fun. We did have a guest of honor whose name was Stu, S-T-E-W. He blessed us with a single bay leaf, and he actually gave me a tank top that said Stew's World, which is the name of his defunct blog. I'm feeling pretty blown away. If you scroll back on my page, you can see the Stew's humble beginnings. But anyway, we stewed until the sun went down, and we'll do it again next week. <laughs> because <laughs> so this this thing has taken off uh, she also points out at the end of one of the Sunday stew events people had eaten all the good stuff so um, someone added a whole can of unsalted crushed tomatoes and someone else put chickpeas so it was just a glob of bland tomatoes and chickpeas but how long will the stew live? The, she has li- she has inserted Annie Roder- Roder- roderwood has said August the 6th is the death date for the stew because she can't uh, she can't stew forever but she is talking about freezing a piece of it and putting it in the freezer so when she takes it out the stew will just go on and on. This is what you want to hear in the middle of August, isn't it? The, the endless stew. It's picked a very strange time and a heatwave to do it. But then I did remember, uh, aren't you supposed to have hot things when it's very hot to conserve your energy? Because if you have suddenly a cold uh, slap of a cold drink, uh, it takes all your energy to bring it to your body temperature. Apparently science. Sure, what would they know? Uh, now, Matty Healy, who's the lead singer of indie rock band The 1975 um, has caused an enormous Backlash. He was playing in Malaysia over the weekend and he decided, as Matty Healy, if you're familiar with Matty Healy, he does a lot of very daft things and he upsets people all the time. Anyway, he was uh, he was performing in Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia, and he launched into a raid against Malaysia's anti-LGBT laws and he decided to kiss his bandmate in protest. Both of these people are straight, I believe, aren't they? Yes, both straight men kissing each other as a protest for... Gay rights in Malaysia, of which there are none. It's um, homosexuality remains a crime in Malaysia. It's punishable to up to twenty years in prison, and conservative Islam remains the, the kind of dominant political and cultural force in that country. So there's restrictions on drink and sexuality and so on. So he did this stunt. He starts ranting online. Then his show is cut short, and basically the whole festival gets cancelled. And as a result, the Malaysian fans and the Malaysian LGBT community are furious at Matty Healy because they're they're saying he's swanned in here. He's crashed the festival. He had no prior consultation with anyone who's actually in the forefront of proper activism in the country. Not what they're calling, and and these are the words of the LGBT activists in Malaysia, performative activism on Matty Healy's part because obviously he thought he would get him good PR, but it's it's backfired. Uh, Spectacularly on him. Uh, So the whole festival is cancelled on all the other bands and the fans who wanted to to enjoy it. He goes home and he doesn't have to face the consequences. And so the TikTok commentary is fired up. It's been overwhelmingly critical of him in the country. And uh, the most popular video, this has been seen two million times, uh, says, Matty Healy, you're an idiot. Um, do you have any idea of the repercussions? you have any idea how hard it is for queer people to exist just now in Malaysia? I hate this white saviour complex of people coming to regions like Southeast Asia with no prior research whatsoever to what the culture is or the repercussions of doing acts like this and ruining it not for them, for the people who actually live here. And the people on the ground of the, the gay rights community are saying this is going to make things worse and there is going to be a reaction from the authorities because he's done this and he's whipped up the storm. So there you go. Don't come in and uh, swan around the place. Uh, Other things he did um, aside from his tirade against um, Malaysians the Malaysian government was he was drinking on stage destroyed a drone that belonged to the concert organisers that was licensed and being used to film everything and attendees now report him spitting on fans. So Matty Healy thank you for nothing. Get in the bin. You've made everything worse you very much uh, some of the Skittles have made everything worse as well <laughs> Skittles never think of reaching for Skittles you know just they they kind of show up on uh, around Halloween don't they and Christmas they might accidentally have Skittles in the house uh, apparently there's new Skittles flavour mustard flavour again <laughs> Matty Healy version of nobody wants this we don't want this get in the bed but it's, um, it's a kind of a thing to mark, mark National Mustard Day so you won't be seeing it in your packets of Skittles don't worry yourself too much about it. Back to Irish news and very, very important. I'm afraid now with apologies I'm going to have to be sharply critical of the government here and launch a tirade against the government. Uh, page two of the Irish Sun I'm looking at. Um, Michael Doyle has done his summer interview with Micheál Martin. He's talking about tax cuts. Never mind that. That's very unimportant. Uh, more importantly, Micheál Martin... Well, I'll go to this element of the story first. He has, he has declared his stand on the defining debate of the decade whether you're going to see Oppenheimer or Barbie. Okay, Mihal Martin, unsurprisingly, says he wants to see Christopher Nolan's new historical epic, but he's going to give Barbie a miss. All right, he hasn't said why. Uh, Barbie is just not for him. Is that what he's saying? Barbie is no. Con- oh, there, yeah, there's an actual quote here. Barbie is no contest to Killian Murphy. I'm looking forward to seeing it. To the great story. I nearly forgot to do it as Mihal. Very, uh, very. Because oh, because Killian Murphy is from Cork. That's what he's basically getting at here. But the most important thing here is. That I have to be sharply critical of the government does, is that Minister Martin says he also enjoys uh, myself and Mary Rosenstock's impressions of him. But he said Oliver needs to update it. I haven't said going forward in years. Uh, and Mio Martin, I have I have not um, said going forward. Uh, as you for quite some time. It's in terms of, is is your tick at the moment, uh, in terms of, uh, I actually don't say going forward, in terms of, anymore, in terms of, I'm going to go see the uh, the Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is a good word for me, isn't it? Oppen, 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 the, 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 the Oppenheimer uh, is the one I'm going to see because Cillian Murphy is in it. He's from Cork, more importantly. So with great apologies. I'll find some way to balance it by the end. But um, no, I won't actually. I'm going to stand here on my opposition to the government uh, on that various on that very issue. All right, Neil Martin, get it right the next time in terms of in terms of going forward. Right, let's get things up and running. We have a lovely story for you this morning. We have an up uh, uplifting story. There's a woman called Sinead Kennedy who's coming in to chat to us. And uh, she had the downs and that she has the ups. And she's going to tell us how to stay on the ups, keep your life nice and steady and fill your world with joy and love. It's going to be one of those, one of those nice stories you're going to want um, for your day. Because although it's sunny out there, it's going to... P rain later on this afternoon, such as our July. But let's start with something fun. Catatonia, I just happened to be listening to this the other day. Such a great song from the 90s. 51551 as the text. Good morning, all. Ah, uh, yes. That's a tune and a half. It's like a it's like a workout. Listen to the, some of those tunes, isn't it? Catatonia there. Um, one of the great tunes of the 90s, Oro Rage. And she's singing in her Welsh accent, which is a lovely accent to do, actually, if you're looking for a nice accent to try out in your pair of trousers. Trousers is a good word for, you know, it kind of gets you. There's always a kind of a key to unlock an accent. 51551 is the text. Did you know that Matty Healy's father is the actor Tim Healy? I had to Google it there actually, but he, yeah, he's, you see him in lots of things, kind of English dramas and stuff like that. And his ma is uh, Denise Welch from um, Out by Loose Women there. You know what, Welsh? one of the Welsh's. So he's full on Nepo baby, but I don't subscribe to that. Unfortunately, you see, the most annoying thing is he's extremely talented as well. That's, that's very, very unfortunate. And there's very good tunes from the nineteen seventy five. So what are you going to do when someone says, when I hear the name Matty Healy, I think done Yes, there is a Matty Healy character. That's right in there as well. It's a very kind of uh, over there by uh, West Tipperary, East Limerick sort of sort of name. And uh, Brian Cranston was Hal in Malcolm in the Middle. Yes, I always forget that way before he was Walter White in The Breaking Bad. Uh, it was just Breaking Bad, not The Breaking Bad. First series of Malcolm in the Middle is pure genius. There are clips, I, I've never really watched the whole thing, but I, there are very very funny clips I see over and over again because you can take Malcolm in the Middle in isolation. Those are very, very... Good show, wasn't it? What happened to the kids there? Separate discussion. Separate discussion altogether. We're going to have a chat with Sinead Kennedy who is going to have one of those life-uplifting, reaffirming conversations after these. And you're all very welcome back. I was chatting to Sinead Kennedy as she was going out the door and she said she couldn't believe she forgot to mention her cat, Sooty. Uh, Sooty has its own Instagram page Sooty's Best Life if you want to find out the adventures of Sinead Kennedy's cat there Now yesterday I was talking about manly books because I'm reading The Black Eden by Richard uh, T. Kelly It's all about the very manly start to Scottish oil industry and um, it's it's a manly book about manly men doing manly things and I invited the men out there because they are the lesser readers women buy 80% of all the books and read most of the books and they read fiction in particular and so the men have been in touch with their book recommendations Mike D says he's reading Chip Wars the micro variety not deep fried it's a fascinating geopolitical read uh, because men of course read non-fiction mostly and history and lots of stuff about Nazis uh, are there novels in here I'm simultaneously reading The Wim Hof Method The Blissful Breath by Nilo Moroku and Breathe by Paul Nestor which is about a 58 year old man grasping at the straws of longevity lol says that texter there uh, someone else Jim and Galway is reading The Last Five Swords by the new Galway author John de Burka. It's a fantasy novel set in the time of Cú That's a rare one now for adults. I will have to look that one up. The Last Five Swords um, set in the time of Cú OK, thank you, Jim and Góa. Um, Juno Loves Legs, of course. Yes, Irish author Carl Geary. He was in with Ryan. All about love and loss and poverty. And that's got uh, that's really selling very well. Juno Loves Legs. It's a, that's been a big hit. And this person reading The Dark Forest, the second book of the Three-Body Problem trilogy. It gets inside my dreams. If I read it before sleeping, it can be... Terrifying, sounds like the, the Watchers, and uh, or something John Connolly might put out in his Charlie Parker series. And uh, a text of a lovely story from Sinead, very truthful. Thank you, Sinead. Enjoy the rest of your life, says S. O'Brien and Galway. Well, nicely put, we'll take a little song. It's just gone ten past ten, five one, five five one. That's the text. I feel that is 50-50 in Cupid it's uh, big on TikTok or so I'm told as I say quickly distancing myself from the song but very very popular among uh, the young folk uh, middle aged grumps like me wouldn't, wouldn't be into that thing but look it's fine and uh, I'm sure the youngsters had a bop and they'll tell you all about it and it's it's a great success who am I to judge a few more ads to take back after these You're hey very welcome back we've got some lovely texts in uh, for, after Sinead Kennedy's story this morning I'm loving the solo travel advice says Mags I've been travelling solo for over 20 years. The tip about doing an organised tour is spot on. I did a three week tour of Rajasthan in India and then had the confidence to do a further three weeks alone seeing tigers, visiting Kerala and Sri Lanka. Thank you Mags. That's a good idea so that you take the tour organised, you're meeting other people who've also booked the same tour and then you sort of know your way around. And uh, you, as you say, have the confidence to continue on the solo travelling. Enjoyed The Last Lady. This is someone referencing Sinead as well. I too was in the same place 20 years ago, drinking and partying. Thought it was the life, but not getting anywhere. I got myself together and I found dancing as a pastime. It has been the best thing I've ever done. No drinking. It's amazing. Lovely friends. Great holidays. My life is amazing. Anyone can do it if they find the right hobby says this texter and I'm glad you found uh, the thing that you love you can uh, you don't know what the hobby is going to be because you you dabble in something and suddenly it just becomes your life there there was something someone said which I always remember and it's like all you need three things in life Um, someone to love something to do and something to look forward to and of course someone to love can can be yourself that's where you have to start Oliver I loved hearing Sinead talk when she says pick yourself up dust yourself off keep going and so on please add with self-compassion And some kindness to yourself one day at a time says Emma in Dublin who's talking about that old the mantra the mantra of just being nice to yourself at the beginning. And I love Sinead's line that love is the icing and the cake but it's not the cake. Yes I was a little bit kind of embarrassed asking her you know is there someone in your life but she I knew because she had some good things to say about that that it wasn't going to be essential and the life coaches will tell you this and that. And I found it very interesting that she sits down and asks herself questions as a sort of audit of your life which I don't think we we do at all sitting down and going are you doing this? Um, for the reasons for yourself, are you doing it? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Do you know where you're going and all that sort of stuff? And um, thank you to the manly men, by the way, who sent in their their reviews of books and what they're reading at the moment, because I was looking at manly men stories this morning, and none more so than the County Down fisherman. Uh, his fisherman this is the most manly thing I think you can do, and he's landed the catch of a lifetime. He's he's found a blue lobster in Belfast Lock, right. Apparently it's 2 million to 1 to catch a blue lobster. Blue lobster, by the way, is a normal lobster but they have a rare genetic defect that causes the lobster to be totally blue in colour. And uh, this down fisherman, Stuart Brown, uh, caught a second blue lobster. Uh, he's from. He's only 28 years old. He's from Bangor in County Down, and he thought it was well. It's extremely unlikely, and especially unlikely because lobsters don't usually remain in the same place. He went down and uh, fish beside Blackhead lighthouse, lighthouse on the northern shores of Belfast Lock. He landed the second blue lobster, which must be an almost impossible thing to to, to catch. Uh, he's been fishing since the age of 11, and um, well, he's done the good. He's done the decent thing. He has put the lobster back into the water and he marks the table of V, which protects it and, uh, because it's so rare and makes it illegal for anyone else to land the catch. So um, a good news story, I think, for the manly men out there. Uh, and that's the, that's the, that would be the end of our masculine theme, perhaps, of the show for some time. Uh, until, of course, the manly men rise once again. Uh, well, that's it for today. Philip Boucher Hayes is next. We'll see you all again tomorrow, same time and the same place and all that. Have a lovely day. Slong a foil.